what a crazy week. COVID has been flying around the Jones household as things are heating up across the U.S. and the world with the number of cases. Being out of town, I've been able to dodge the virus, but I feel horrible about not being at home to help. It's a catch-22 because I have a large business meeting in a couple of days. I'm really trying to be responsible. Anyway, I have been monitoring things with the family through text messages. The timing is also a little bad since the kids only have two weeks left of school. Now, since the bike accident, I had some bed rest, which always gets my mind racing. Yes, I caught up on some of my binge-worthy shows on Hulu. In between my episodes of Castle, yes, Castle, I realized the number of items that I've been juggling has been a little extreme lately. Are they all necessary and important? Are they moving me in the right direction? I'm not a spring chicken anymore, and time feels a bit more precious. The question has been haunting me a bit lately, since in my calculation, it shows that I've probably completed about 80% of my life. Yikes! So I've been asking myself how I spend my time. If you've heard any of our podcast, it all comes back to money and numbers. I'm sure you've heard the saying that time is money. With the way my mind works, I'm always curious about where something comes from. So I did a quick Google search and found that it appears that it was in a newspaper in 1719 called The Free Thinker. In vain did his wife inculcate to him that time is money. In this case, the wife is trying to get her husband to understand that time is money. We spend time and we can never get it back. It's valuable and can be used in many ways based on your desires, needs, and talents. It's funny because my wife tries to impress upon me exactly the same thing. Now, even though the saying has been around since then, our buddy Benjamin Franklin gets the credit. There you go. Whoever markets it the best gets the credit. I think Benjamin Franklin was a pretty interesting guy, and this was in an essay called Advice to a Young Tradesman, which appeared in a book in 1748 called The American Instructor. Now, this is what he says. Remember the time is money, and he that can earn ten shillings a day by his labor, and goes abroad or sits idle one half of the day, though he spends but sixpence during his diversion or idleness, it ought not to be reckoned the only expense. He hath really spent or thrown away five shillings besides. Okay, that's a little hard to follow, but if you can earn $10 per day, or in this case, 10 shillings, as he speaks about, and you take off a half a day, you lose that $5 because that time could have earned you money. Plus, he also mentions that when you're just sitting around, you spend other money, and in this case, six pence. It's funny that he was really trying to drive home the whole idea about being lazy costs you money. If you're a kid, your time is worth money just as much as your parents. It may not be in actual dollars and cents, but there is a cost to spending your time when choosing to do one thing over another. Plus, if you put in some hard work, uh, throwing a baseball or football or dancing, singing or something else, you're investing and spending your time. Okay, so here's a question. Should Bill pick up the bill? I'm talking about Bill Gates, who is one of the richest people in the world. If he was to walk past a $100 bill on the ground, should Bill take the time to bend over and pick it up? I hope your first reaction is, heck yeah, he should pick it up. Money is money. Pick up the darn Benjamin. See how I tied that back to Benjamin Franklin? Well, let's talk about the numbers. I found someone that actually calculated how much Bill Gates makes. And if the calculation is correct, Mr. Bill makes about $1,300 per second. Yep, 
I didn't stutter. I said per second. Just by repeating myself, that was another second and a half, and he would have earned $1,950. Okay, so I did a little experiment. I dropped our famous $2 bill from Money with Mac and G on the ground and bent over to pick it up. I'm a little sore from my shoulder surgery, but I found out it took about two seconds. So for Bill, that means $2,600. Does that change your mind about whether he should pick up the $100 bill? Well, based on the calculation, his time to bend over is not worth the effort. Okay, so maybe it sounds silly to ignore a $100 bill, but it's something to think about. It starts to touch on an idea called opportunity costs. If you choose to stay at home and not work, there is a cost for not taking the opportunity to work. This has been one of the biggest dilemmas out there. Should mom or dad stay home with the kids? I have to admit that I've been extra stingy when I was younger and refused to spend money on almost anything. And the wife and I did have a long talk about that one. If you didn't know, she won. But there are other things. I had to do my taxes. Of course I have to do them because I'm a CPA. So I'd buy a software program for $50, spend six hours doing them, and feel great that I didn't pay someone else to do it. At the time, I was earning $25 per hour, and my taxes would have cost $100 to have someone else do them. But my cost would have been the $50 for the software plus six hours of work that I could have gotten paid from my company, which would have earned me another $150. So in total, I spent $200 when I could have paid someone else to do it for $100. I feel like over the years, I've had to lighten up. Honestly, I had too many things on my plate, but started to value my time for more than what I was being paid. There are definitely times that you don't have the money to pay someone to lay down the mulch in your yard, for instance. Many who are starting their lives are scraping together pennies, and it's a luxury to have someone else do some of these things. So you just don't do it. But once your time is spent, you can't replenish it like money. I saw a theory that the rich in the past were those who had the time to enjoy life, spend the summer at the lake because they had, quote unquote, more time. But things have changed, and the rich, uh, fairly recently, have been those people who actually work too much. While now seems to be changing once again, the Gen Zs and the Millennials want experiences and a fulfillment in life, and they choose to work less. So they compare that experience to being more valuable than the money that they'd earn. Question, if time is money, are you spending it on the right things, knowing how valuable it is? We can apply it to cost savings ideas as well. And we need to keep things in a bit of balance. I'm sure you may have seen some coupon cutting extraordinaire who was featured on a variety show or the news who does it to an extreme. It definitely looks great getting hundreds of dollars of groceries for just a couple pennies on the dollar. It sounds like magic. It looks like it. It's impressive. And you might even be a bit jealous. You're over here in lane number six paying real money. Don't ever discount the coupon, but beware when it takes you tens of hours to save $50. So remember, this trade-off between one opportunity and another, as it's a really big concept in uh, economics, which may be a really fun thing to explore in another podcast. Now, when thinking about just finding money on the ground, it makes me remember stories about people finding really interesting things in some of those most unlikely places. So I did a little research. I found the story about a guy who buys houses, fixes them up, and then sells them for a profit. It's called flipping. He bought a really beaten up house, bad paint, bad yard, 
terrible roof, terrible gutters, and there was some kind of green slime growing on the outside. However, in the house, they found two dozen original works of art signed by Inuit artists. Those are like Eskimos from Canada. And this one was from Nunavut, Canada, and included works from a famous artist, Kenojuak, if I've got that right, Ashavak, who has sold paintings for over $200,000. Now, that's a $100 bill you'd like to find, right? If you haven't heard of Norman Rockwell, you might want to take a look online for some of his paintings. He was very prolific, which means he did a lot of paintings. He was very popular in the mid-1900s. He had the ability to paint in a way that looked real, but with exaggerations, almost like a touch of what's called caricature. Rosie the Riveter has always been a personal favorite of mine. Anyway, the two sons of a man named Don Tracty found a Norman Rockwell original hidden in the ceiling after their dad died. Only problem was that their dad supposedly donated that same painting to the Norman Rockwell Museum. In reality, the father, who was an artist, created a copy and kept the original because he was going through a messy divorce and Mr. Trachty didn't want to sell the painting and didn't want to give it up. So he hid the original in the false wall in the ceiling and it looked like a wall, but it was hollow. So nobody found it right away. He bought it in 1960 for $900. When it was found, it sold at an auction for over $15 million, which was a record at the time. Wow, that's pretty amazing. Well, that's it. Thanks for being here. And we'll see you next week for more Money with Mac and G. Bye.